I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I am Jim. I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 367 of Video Games Hot Dog, the one where Kevin's back in town. Yay! Yay! It would be easier to remember the episode number if we gave it like a name instead. Uh, like ahead of time? We decide what the title is ahead of time? Okay, so the, before every show, we say something hilarious, and then we have to figure one of us is responsible for working that into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's always you, because you say the name of the show at the beginning of the show. Well, no. I mean, I I, ha- I say the name, but then it could be anybody's job to... I try. Oh, I see. If I have multiple options for what... Uh, for some funny phrase to title the show, I will always select the one that somebody else said before I will select one that I said. Mm. Um, oh, that's right. We do name this show. Yeah. yeah. No, I was thinking like instead of saying episode 367, it's episode number Herbert or something like that. And that would be easier to remember each week instead of having to look up the old number and then adding one. If we had to pick a kind of a theme ahead of time, that might be valuable to us. But wouldn't you want to do like Herbert the second, Herbert the third? And like have descendants of, of so shows. it could be like seasons. So like after okay. like ten of them, you switch to a different like Her- Herberta. Okay, Bertha. <laughs> yeah, I was. I showed I showed Kevin this uh, text exchange that I had with Frank, where I was going to a barbecue at his sister's house, and I had met his mom, but I forgot his name, and I I forgot her name. I forgot Frank's name. Uh, and I texted him. I said, hey, can I bring anything? And also, I'm an asshole. Remind me what your mom's name is. And he said, beer. It's short for Beertha. <laughs> and then he texted, pause for laughter. And then told me his mom's name. That's good. <laughs> it was very good. Um, yeah. It's been good. It's been good hanging out with uh, games folks and non-games folks. and just. Uh, but but the one thing that was missing was you, Kevin. Aww. And now, now we're back. We're all back together again. We can get some work done. I had a, I had a great time uh, in Australia. I mean, yeah, what? Tell us a, tell us a, all of the stories from Australia that you didn't tell us remotely. Wow, I had I had a giant long list of things, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'm never getting to these, and so I deleted it. <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, Why would you delete it? Why wouldn't you just storage is free? I don't know. It's it's too bad phones don't have undelete. Yeah. Uh, what did I, what like man? So now you're asking me to remember things from like six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Um, I went to. Have you ever been to the Gold Coast in Australia? Did you ever go in, up that far? Is that north of Melbourne? Is that it like is. the Melbourne to Brisbane direction? It is. Yes, it's it's like on the way up to to Brisbane. No, we did not go that direction from Melbourne at all because uh, D- Damien had already done that like a road trip up that oh, way I before, see. and because you it was were all limited new. by like all the things that he'd already done. Yeah, well, because it was all new to me, I figured we might as well do stuff that was new, do new stuff to him that as well. was new to him also. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's like a, a weird town that's sort of like Las Vegas, but on the coast of hmm. Australia. Um, there's And there's a couple of places in New Zealand that are like have kind of a similar vibe. They're like weird resorty towns. Uh, Rotorua is kind of like that, and Queenstown. Did you, did you get to Queenstown? <laughs> so Queenstown feels like a sort of action-adventure sort of sports town, like a mountain ski town in uh, New Zealand uh, where like everyone is there because they like to go like they're base jumping or something yeah Um, which is great Uh, I I'm not like I would probably like to do some of those things but I wasn't gonna about to do them like as on this like two month trip where I was going to a bunch of other places like if I had gone there specifically to do that kind of stuff yeah, because you you enjoyed like paragliding and yeah. stuff, right? Like you you you're not you're no stranger to 
uh, the the risk of bodily harm for the sake of an <laughs> adrenaline <Sure>. rush. <laughs> yeah, I went paragliding in Switzerland, and it was great because the Alps are like super awesome. And I imagine that they're they're called the Southern Alps in New Zealand because the so Europeans like to name how everything does after paragliding in real life differ from paragliding in Breath of the Wild. Sorry um, to get into video games already. Well, so. You have instead of having there, there might be rigid paraglider type things. I've I've never done those things. I've done the like the par the parachute mm-hmm. stuff, where so you like have a parachute sort of laid out behind you, and you start running, yeah. and it picks up wind and gets sort of floating up behind you, and you basically have to do this sort of, sort of running down a hill, um, so that you can get enough speed, and it will sort of p- get enough lift that you that you eventually just sort of you have more force behind you than there is ground in front of you to. Um, to like keep you on the ground basically right. right and so then you take off and ideally you do this like at the top of a mountain where then you then have a lot of space where if if you can find updrafts that's great and it will actually raise you up um and you, fucking terrifying so what if you accidentally got stuck in a cycle of updrafts and you just never landed or you ended up on the fucking moon well you just you just let go of the paraglider that's oh. what they do in zelda <laughs> yeah, okay all right and then reload from an earlier save yeah. <laughs> uh I think updrafts are very localized. Uh, I think it is not hard to find a place where there is no updrafts. It's much harder to find a place where there are updrafts. Can you create an updraft updraft by setting the grass below you on fire? I think you, you probably fire. could, actually. Is there a tavern at the top that has some sort of a draft list that tells you uh, what they're called and where they are? I think probably if you were in Austria, yes. Uh, they love having like... Uh, yeah, a hiking like, trail that ends at a bar. Yes. Like yeah. that seems like a... And that is a thing I could totally get behind is the... The like have a have a reward at the end for people that like to drink. That's I'm down with that. Um, so uh, extreme sports in Queensland. Yeah, um, but you didn't do any of it. You didn't base jump. I forgot to ask you if you watched Free Solo. I have not watched Free Solo. I think you would like it a lot. Okay. It, I would recommend not... seeing it in a movie theater if it's at all because possible. of the because the, of the how, yeah awesome. the dizzying. Did they use drones it, to film? They it? did a lot, use a lot of. Drones. Did it come out when the solo movie came came out? And and was there was <laughs> yeah, there, a there was lot a lot of confusion, confusion. because <laughs> people thought it was you got a free ticket to see that as well. Uh huh. Um, did you feel like it was promoting a dangerous activity? Uh no no I felt like it made me never even want to climb again. Less interested in outdoor climbing. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll still do easy stuff with a rope with you if we get we have got to get back to the gym i I put on five pounds on this trip and i do not want to keep them forever you put on five pounds like in a belt to make it so it's harder to do (laughs) push-ups right yes but that belt is made of adipose tissue underneath my skin i you know not to be an, an old man complaining about things but uh airplane weight limits on luggage is one of the most frustrating things uh that I've had to deal with in the past few days. I, you have to deal with that in a hundred percent of cases when we travel, and I never have to deal with it. And partly that's because whenever we travel, all of the heavy stuff that we need to take, <laughs> you're carrying. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It, so you seem like the kind of person mm-hmm. that would travel light. In general, I love to travel light. Yes. 
and yet you always have a thousand pound backpack that's way too big to go into the overhead container. Oh, uh, that's not entirely true. It always fits in there. It always. And you check a nine million ton <laughs> checked bag, and then you're mad when they charge you ten dollars for it. Uh, so when we're going to conventions, I have I often have a suitcase that is full of like just paper like reams of paper <laughs> because it's all like the promotional materials that we're gonna be handing out or whatever yeah um or, or like promotional di- lead bars yeah the the bullets that we're handing out <laughs> like, yes, now that i think about it little that would have been heads. yeah that would have been so good <laughs> oh we man can, did anybody ever make a joke that. in a western like our currency is backed by lead because <laughs> it's like you have to you have to this has to be considered to have value or i will shoot you yeah yeah so and then on this trip when we went to when we left the country it was not a big deal um but when when we in australia because we're real smart we bought a bunch of like heavy things to like as gifts and stuff and like bottles of wine and things and then we had to then carry those around everywhere else Mm. forevermore and that became a big pain in the butt um and then like I was kind of stressed out because we'd bought a bunch of like wine and we're bringing that back with us. And I was like, oh man, I would, you know, this is going to be kind of a hassle getting through customs in the US. And we got our bags in the US at customs. And then there was just no one there to take our little blue forms at all. And we were like looking around and we're like, is anyone going to like ask us for anything or any anybody? <laughs> and so we just sort of. Did you, ha- did you, you had declared stuff? Yeah, we had, cause uh, I didn't want to enter illegally. Like, huh. I feel like I've just either never brought anything back or I've never declared any, you get, anything. You get such a, a generous allowance that I don't think, uh, it's a problem, but like, I, I was pretty sure that I was over the limit on wine cause I had like four, four bottles of wine. Which I think you're only allowed two hmm. or something. And so I was like, well, that's fine. I mean, I'll just pay the tax that all you do is you just pay a little extra tax. Right. And I'm like, that's fine. But at no point did they ask for any of that stuff and then we just wandered out and i was like okay so you didn't hear that trump defunded customs while you were in the air all of those people are on the border trying to keep people out of yeah it really might be like uh the the wages that they would pay the people to take your form was not enough right yeah because if you didn't do it predictably right if you just i feel like if you just you could save a lot of money by just having the customs counter shut down randomly one day Uh out of every seven like it because it's not reliable enough to smuggle anything and like you couldn't uh yeah i don't know maybe you could find out in the morning and smuggle a bunch of shit in the evening right yeah you'd have to hey that's just the politics of contraband uh yeah you you got home and your flight was fairly uneventful except for a six-hour oh, yeah. extra flight. So you're I, Kevin I was in Wellington yeah, from New Zealand to Melbourne and then Melbourne to SFO, yeah, which is basically just backtracking. Because if you look, if, if you look at the flight from Melbourne to San Francisco, you fly very close to New Zealand and then head yeah. north. Whereas you did like a shepherd's crook, where the top of it was an unnecessary six hours on an airplane. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it was. This came out of uh, a little bit of sort of ignorance about how things work and also buying tickets well in advance um, so they'd be inexpensive but not knowing what our trip was going to look like we knew we were going to melbourne and staying with friends there and then we knew we were going to visit friends sort of up the coast of australia and then we knew we wanted to go spend some time in new zealand but we didn't know how much time and we didn't know where we were going to go whether we're going to spend all the time on one of you know either the north island or the south island to try to see both so we just decided to 
try to fly back from Wellington, which is sort of in the middle. So we figured, you know, we could if we could wanted to do a loop of one of the islands, we could do that, or we could, um, like, you know, get back to the center. Basically, was was my expectation. Um, and so, yeah, and turns out, so the, and the, what for whatever reason, the only flight back there were no direct flights from Wellington back, and instead of doing something smart like trying to get a connection through Auckland. Um, I ended up doing a connection through Melbourne because I was on, the flights I had found so far were on Qantas, and Qantas is like Australia, an Australian airline, and so I think they just route everything through either Sydney or Melbourne, more or less. Does Qantas is that like an acronym? I don't know. Why is it QA? Yeah, why is it QA? I don't. Know. I I think I have always assumed that it was like a Middle Eastern airline because the other place that I've seen that like construction is in Qatar. Yeah, yeah I don't know, but that's, I, don't, I wouldn't have called it Qantas. Maybe it's like Queensland Air, not According Tasmania. to John Roderick, it's actually pronounced Cutter. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. Boy, that, uh, the Omnibus Project is just getting more and more and more ads with every episode, and it is really frustrating. What is the Omnibus Project? It's John Roderick and Ken Jennings uh, have oh, a, a weekly podcast, or maybe twice a week podcast, well, where they just... They just it's like, definitely more than once a week. They yeah. talk about, like, just... The, the there is a there is a kind of a annoying framing narrative to it where the, this is like a record like a time capsule that they're making so that after civilization collapses <laughs> and they talk about all their listeners as being whatever evolves to replace humans and have developed the technology <laughs> to listen to this and they just talk about like historical oddities basically it's like it's like okay. just a news of the weird kind of thing it's not. Yeah. It's not trying to explain current modern culture. No, there's a little bit of that. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes they'll do something. But it's just. It's kind of whatever either of them wants to talk about. So sometimes it's something like that. Like they would do one about DB Cooper. Say, I don't know that they have Ooh, done one about okay. DB Cooper, but it's just that kind of thing. Sure. Um, what was it called again? The Omnibus. Okay. Anyway, they they have a ton of ads, and then they recently got acquired by some podcast network, and so now there's it's fronted and backed by ads for other shows on the fucking network. It's like it's getting to the point where it's like a 45 minute podcast and like 20 minutes of it is ads. It's and it is dense really ads, obnoxious. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's super frustrating. Huh. Anyway. Hey, uh, you know what's not frustrating is downloading them because you know what I got last week was fucking fiber internet. <laughs> so uh, I thought you were going to say, you know what's not fr- frustrating? The night's sleep that you get on a Casper mattress. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do have one. How did they not do Casper the Friendly Mattress? Uh, I mean, come on. That's probably trademarked by Walt Disney. Okay. I have a Casper mattress. I've I used uh, Stitch Fix a couple times, and I've it's what been really fix? great. Uh, our friend Diang works for them. It's, oh, they're like they like choose your clothes. Yeah, you. they pick they they hook you up with a stylist who picks clothes for you and then sends them to you based on some feedback that you've given them. I I would I would probably be down for using that service, but I met one of the person like one of the stylists, and she said, "Yeah, I think your shirt's probably too small." And I'm like, "I like my shirt." <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I became I became unconvinced. Well, my, they, they my stylist they is Desher Zone and whatever new T-shirt he puts on Redbubble or whatever. Yeah, well, but does he pick your size? That's the, that's the difference there. <laughs> They just kind of take your word for it, although they don't read that carefully because the first time I did it, I was like, I don't ever want any pants. I've got my pants situation totally under control. The first one had some pants in it. I was like, nope. I sent those back. <laughs> no pants for this. No pants for this guy. 
Anyway, I've worn some of the shirts and I've gotten some compliments on them. Oh, nice. But not as many compliments as I've gotten on a flannel that I ordered from the Amazon Basics line of $19 flannels. How much are the, I mean, not to they, do shares to do no, the, trade the, secrets or whatever. No, it ends up being, I've only gotten shirts and it's, I would say it's around like 40 bucks a shirt. Okay. Maybe a little bit more for some of the nicer ones, but like they're, they're nice. Okay. Um, are they all colored button down shirts? Uh, for the most part. Yeah. Okay. They did send me one sweater that I was like, this is not something like I would wear. But then I was like, hmm, you know, people seem to like this. So. And by people, do you mean like the lady? I asked the lady. Yeah. And then I, I was like, because I was like, I think I like this. I want to get one corroborating evidence. And then I so I wore it out and then I got a bunch more corroborating evidence okay. after that first one. Um, and then the second one, they like. This shirt would go really well with that sweater we sent you last time. And I'm like, see, this is exactly what I wanted. I wanted someone in my life to be choosing my clothes for me, but like dispassionately. So if I didn't like them, I right. wouldn't feel obligated to wear them anyway. Like, so, I mean, is this just sort of more fuel for the like Silicon Valley is just replacing our moms? I, so I feel like what this is replacing is like a buddy's girlfriend. Okay. So somebody who you don't really care yeah, somebody that you're not like like get to, so my like sort of classic move is if I want a nice a nice piece of clothing, I ask whatever girl that I'm dating at the time and then they usually do great. But if I don't like it, I feel weird about right. saying it right and so I end up wearing something that's like uncomfortable or like oh god, this I I don't feel good when I wear this, but I like I mean, Noel took me shopping and Yeah, exactly. Got that's me a the thing like when, when that I was dating wear. somebody who picked out a bunch of clothes for you yep. and they were great and you've yep. worn them for forever and yep. I didn't like the one she picked out for me. So that was like a perfect example of how somebody else's girlfriend is what you want for this and, huh. that, and that that's very much like what Stitch Fix is. Every woman who works there who has a boyfriend is somebody else's girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> Apparently, uh, uh Dang is like a tech she person does data, she does like data stuff a data scientist data uh, but you can request her as a stylist really <laughs> that Noah said yeah you can request anyone who works there oh, as a stylist oh, and if so you special great. request it they just get to pick the clothes out for you from <laughs> oh that's rad yeah. anyway um do, so yeah, that, is, that, do, do hi, I, in, in making a joke about how I use both of these products, but I'm not going to advertise for them. Let me just talk about Stitch Fix for 15 minutes. <laughs> do you have a sense of the gender breakdown of people who work there? Because all the people I've met have been women. And I wonder if that's just my like microcosm or if that's... I don't know. All of the... It's... The communications from them always have like a person's name attached to them. And they have, I think, all been women also. Interesting. So... Yeah. Um, what are you up to, Jim? I want to talk about Some Van product. Halen's Jump. Okay. This is uh, a song that came out in like 84, 83, something like that. Uh-huh. And it was Van Halen's biggest hit to okay. date. Yeah. Which is super weird because like Van Halen is like the consummate guitarist's guitarist. But this is a super keyboard driven song. Like the, the main hook is just all synth. Yeah. It's like wall of synth, too. It's like a huge, big yeah. synth sound. Well, yeah, and the synth is like handling the bass part, too, frankly. Like, you, there's a bass in there, but you can barely hear it under the synth bass. Um, And there's like a, there's a guitar solo in there, but it's very, like, perfunctory. It's like half as long as the keyboard solo that follows it immediately and is also way better. Who is the keyboardist for Van Halen? I have no idea. Uh, I do know that... Van Halen wrote the synth hook, though, so it's okay. Like, morally, it's all right that even though he didn't really play guitar on this track, 
He uh, he still wrote the hook. I see. Okay, so it's so it's not like he profited off of some session musicians virtuosity right and no one knows that okay so yeah yeah all right yeah it's okay but it is extremely like this could just be a journey song like yeah it was okay and i don't know what their stuff sounded like before that because i mean that was probably when van halen entered my awareness the the track that i that comes to mind is well so there's the there are two of them there's panama which you probably know yeah i do so that that's like probably more uh representative of their guitar driven stuff was that from before jump i think it's from the same album okay i could be wrong and then there's running with the devil Mm -hmm. which is previous and those are the two singles that i can think of off the top of my head have you read uh crazy from the heat no uh that is i had his name and i lost it david lee roth's autobiography oh yeah it's very good that's that's good because i don't like any of his singing so I'm glad he's a good yeah, writer. Yeah, and he seems like kind of an <laughs> asshole, but it's it's not yeah, he is a good writer. I should say Big, like he wrote a compelling book. Yeah. And I believe that he wrote it himself. I don't know I don't know when I say I think when I said I believe that he wrote it himself, I was like I am capable of crediting him with writing it himself <laughs> because it's not good enough to be ghostwritten unless it was ghostwritten so well yeah. that mm. it was like you know how good of an actor you have to be like, to act yeah. in a way that makes you look like you're a bad actor. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's good though, but it's not really. It doesn't talk about the music much, and that's why I'm kind of curious. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a um, on YouTube someone uploaded a, a version of uh, of Jump that is just the drums and the keyboards, which is an interesting combination. Um, and I think it actually works really well, just as like the the groove plus that hook like it it gets really weird during the solo where the keyboard is just kind of seemingly playing random notes which is interesting <laughs> um but i really somebody's in, jumping on the keyboard it, 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 it does like have that. a guitar through line though it's it, like, it, it has kind of like there is definitely some it's of like that a very, it's like a it's like an underwater guitar very subdued yeah, yeah it's, mixed real low. it's yeah it's and and like eq'd it's like a high pass filter on it yeah, or something yeah, right yeah. like it sounds like it sounds like it's in the basement yeah yeah um and the other thing i remember having gone on a wikipedia dive about this song is that uh one of i forget which of which of the hall or oats it was talked about when uh he was talking to eddie van halen and van halen said that he ripped off the the synth hook from uh kiss on my list Hmm. Which, like, having listened to both, I think what he ripped off was, like, the fingering transition of, like, okay, you're playing a G chord, and then if you move your, your like, two fingers up, now you're playing a C chord in second inversion. Like, I think that's actually the part that he, that he got from that song, because, like, that's pretty much all they have in common, is, like, the CFG fingering. I can only hear, the, like, the chorus of Your Kisses on my list in... I- I don't remember. I mean the the any of the actual. It's very like uh just kind of groove piano like just like um 8th or 16th chords. Okay. So like the boring parts of like an Elton John song. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's right. that's that's what I was thinking of but couldn't think of the artist. So what brought this into your consciousness that you want to Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> uh So do you think between Van Halen's jump and the presidents of the United States of America's lump. Uh-huh. 
is there is there an average song called Cump? <laughs> or is there a follow up called Lamp? Like wait, how is, how long can we take this? Is is wait is is K like between the J between and J and the, L? Oh, you're right. Yeah, I would yeah. say that K is between J <laughs> yeah. and L. If you if I had to. This is in that weird dictionary that we've come up with where words are in rhyming order. I've spent like I've spent way too long like in my life thinking about different ways to morph one sound into another sound. And I think like obviously like you can mix the two together and that's kind of a morph. Um yeah. But, but like you'd really want like something that represents like um represents the 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 sound the audio as like something that a human hears better. Like a better mix might be if you took like the MIDI data, the MIDI data representing both tracks. Which and I think the 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 uh, lump is all like played live. I don't think there's any like MIDI involved there. So you'd have to like first transcribe it. And then you could like find notes that were temporally and and um frequency wise close to one another and kind of like only play those <laughs> and well so like you're just playing just the venn diagram of the like <laughs> frequencies that are the same between both well i was thinking of like 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 kind of finding the midpoint between them it's weird because it would look yeah the midpoint would like i now I kind of want to just do if I were better if I had the stems for both of those songs and I were good at making mashups I think yeah. it would be pretty funny to make a mashup of Jump and Lump called Come. I agree that's something She's up She's up That's definitely a mouth sounds kind of an idea. Yeah. It, it makes me think of that um there's that really good I forget if I saw it on SoundCloud or YouTube or what, but somebody took um, a MIDI version of All Star and inverted all of the notes, high to low and vice versa. <laughs> and it sounds super good. It's like a really good song. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out that All Star is like a fugue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What about the whatever? What was the audiology trick where the where the whole Yanni Laurel? thing where both sounds were present at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. Could you use that to sort of blend from one sound to another, or was that very specific to... I So the the phenomenon that I heard, like, I don't I don't know if I buy this, but the, the phenomenon people <clears throat> used to explain it was that, like, it was using different speakers' frequency responses so that the both sounds were in there at the same time, but, like, one of them was just the low end and one of them was just the high end. Okay. So if you had speakers that only played the high end, you heard one of them... And the low end you play or the other one. I also feel like there were like I've heard maybe this was just a thing that like I found in like psychology classes, but that was by no means the first or even the weirdest thing where a sound can sound like more than one thing yeah. upon you thinking about different things while you're listening to it or whatever. Mm. And I, I I don't really know why that yeah the way that it did yeah that's, like the, blue, the, the like dress, dress the dress that was fucking crazy yeah like yeah that was unlike anything that that was unlike any optical illusion that i have ever seen yeah that was really like a phenomenon i think like much much more legitimately so than the sound i had a something like that in my life recently where i was wearing kind of a light aqua shirt and i was in the shade and like 
when you're kind of in the shade, white looks kind of blue-ish. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was like, out of the corner of my eye, I was like, oh, yeah, my, I'm wearing a white shirt because I had no idea. I don't know what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I walked out into the sun, it's like, holy shit, I'm wearing an aqua shirt. And, like, the, the, if I was, like, looking down at the shirt, I could tell, oh, yes, this is an aqua shirt kind of in the shade. But if I look forward, it's like, oh, yes, this is white shirt because it's, like, just kind of like the color white is... Maybe your shirt was a blend, a mashup of a song between Aqua and the White Stripes. No, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But there weren't any stripes, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, as far as you know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> was, it was just White Stripe and another White Stripe. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Just a series of white and white stripes. Yeah. I was going to make a joke about an Aqua shirt, about how I don't think you're supposed to wear that anymore because they turned out to be Nazis, but then I remembered that's Ace of Base, not Aqua. Huh, was the sign some sort of like Heil Hitler sign or something? Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Uh, I think, about, the, I think is, the joke that I made that w- went a little bit too far the last time this came up was all that she wants is another baby because this one's blood isn't pure. <laughs> oh, oh, is, wow. Is ABBA still okay? I don't know. I mean, are, are like the... Is anyone? Is, yeah, is anyone really <laughs> fundamentally... Just everything is canceled. <laughs> yeah. No, I hope uh, I hope I can still listen to ABBA. What do you what do you what have you been up to, Riff? Uh, I've been learning how to skateboard. Yeah, so this is Whoa. not just some sort of long con. This is this is a real. No, thing this that's is happening. this is not a gag. This is a real okay. actual thing. I I, have, I recognize Riff, the way insurance? it sounds like a gag, but he does. He does. Okay. It's, All right. Health, nah, I mean, I'm only like in my early 40s it's not like i'm in my early 60s i don't have a i, I would, i've yeah, fallen and i can't get up button <laughs> but you are you also you hate are at a point outside. where like <laughs> if you hurt yourself it is going to hurt for the rest of your life like it's not nothing heals That's anymore probably true. but i, I do age. have i do have plenty of like padding are you when, and when you are you in like one of the sumo suits? Are you like trying to do yeah t- tricks and stunts and stuff? No, like that? I that's that's the other part of it is I'm not at all interested in stunts and and, I and see. okay fuck facing so, the sick pipe backside <laughs> ollie throw mom off the train. No, I don't care about any of that. All I want to do is ride a skateboard down the sidewalk. So okay. and, and and that and that is is fairly safe. I've I've fallen down twice in my practice already, but it because I was not moving very fast and was already in like a half crouch position, like falling down is just, oh, suddenly I'm sitting now. So it, it wasn't that big a deal. Crouching riff hidden skateboard. Yeah. Um, are you going to get one of those electric skateboards at some point, do you think? Uh, is, no, is the, like, is this, are not. you trying to find like a, a new form of transportation or is this just for like, no, nah, it's just for like, or? it's just for like fun. Okay. It's, it's okay. The, the, uh, the origin of it actually is that, um, skate burb no it's because like like i don't have dreams where i'm flying but i often have dreams where i'm hovering like okay. like i'll have a dream where like i suddenly remember oh yeah if i pick up my left foot about two inches off the ground and then also pick up my right foot about two inches up off the ground then i'm about two inches up off the ground and i can just go boom and just like just like hover around yeah and and it's those are great. Those are the best dreams. I love those dreams. And, uh, it, and they're always super fun. And then like a couple of weeks ago, I had a dream that was another one of those, except I was explicitly skateboarding in it. And I woke up and I was like, oh yeah, people do this in real life. <laughs> <laughs> have yeah, you ever considered roller skating or like rollerblading? Rollerblading. I, I have considered that. Uh, um, 
uh, specifically rollerblading because when I was a little kid, I was into uh, ice skating uh, pretty good. But um, the the downside that I see to that is that if shit goes wrong, you can't easily get those wheels off your feet. <laughs> sure. Oh, yeah. What would go wrong that the... the- Going most down, pressing concern would be getting the wheels off your get, feet. Well, trying to, if I, like my fear of rollerblading in my head always was like getting on a hill that was too steep. Yeah, or something like stop. that. You couldn't just like skid and kind of fall backwards. You could, but you'd probably break your wrists because really? that's my style. What if you had elbow pads on and you just landed on your elbow pads? Sure, but you'd have to have those, and you never do. Just you <laughs> need both knee pads and elbow pads, so you can just land and simultaneously wrist, on your knees pads. and elbows like some kind of weird crab. Oh, but then you could get Healy, except they'd be like Neely. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, Brad Neely. Like elbow pads and knee pads with wheels on them. Oh, shoot. So yeah. that, and like and you're just, 30 you're just goddamn like a, dicks. Like a wooden pig <laughs> on a string where <laughs> you're just rolling on your limbs. But yeah, it's uh, it's going it's going pretty well. Um, it, it's uh, I got up to the point. Uh, where yesterday I was actually standing, like ste- stepping up onto the board and pushing off and rolling along for you know ten or fifteen feet without falling. Did you uh, get a regular so, skateboard? Or did you get a longboard? Uh, it is a regular one, just because that's okay. the the sort of shape that I'm used to a skateboard being when I see a skateboard. <laughs> sure. uh, but I got like uh, like large, soft longboard style wheels to put on it. Trucks. What are, what are the trucks are like the axles, okay. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, so you did a full on like building your own lightsaber. Yeah, That's pretty sweet. much. Yeah, I, I I went through like a couple of iterations actually because I like I like did the research and was like, all right, here's you know here's the appropriate size of skateboard and this comes with these wheels and then I did some research on it. And I was like, ah, well, okay, these are wheels for tricking. I don't need that. What what else? what else would be good to try instead and and did some research and found some wheels that looked appropriate and ordered those and then like continued to do more research after having ordered them and I was like oh I should probably go like even larger <laughs> and so I ended up buying like two sets of wheels and not using the middle ones but oh well that's I feel like that's the sort of price of of a new hobby that you just sort of sure. get used to absorbing and you, did, you, you didn't try to like blueprint it out using tech decks to start with. <laughs> that would, oh man, I I wonder. That would work real well with your Lego hobby too. Yeah, oh, I was I was actually thinking because I got I got like a big whooper sticker off of Redbubble to put on it. I wonder if they because <laughs> they sell their stickers in various sizes. I wonder if they also sell a small enough version of that sticker that I could put it on a tech deck. Did anybody ever make a minifig of you? I don't know. Not that I'm aware of. I don't. Think. I feel like somebody early on in the KOL days sent us minifigs of some of us. That might be, might be. We just had it in the, in that display case, and I've since forgotten. Yeah, I don't remember seeing it though. I would like a riff minifig. <laughs> you know what's the other interesting thing about this skateboarding stuff is uh, that kind of goes back a little bit to what we were talking about. Baba is you, weirdly. Uh, is that I've noticed that it is another case of the brain figuring stuff out for you while you're not doing hmm. that. 
like like how in Baba is you, you like you wake up and discover that your brain has solved one of those puzzles while you while you were sleeping. Uh, when I've been like practicing stuff on the skateboard, it hasn't been that I would like spend 20 minutes trying to figure out how to push. I would and then at the end of those 20 minutes, I would finally get it. It's been that I would spend 20 minutes trying to figure out how to push. And then at the end of that, I would stop because my ankle was getting tired. And then the next day when I come back and try again, I've got it already. Yeah, I've I've actually heard that like the most effective way to practice is right before bed because of that effect. Yeah, weird. Because that the, the exact same thing happened to me when in like high school when I was trying to learn how to juggle. Because yep. I'd, I'd like try and get that the move where you're you're the the first part where you can actually say you're juggling with with three balls or whatever and trying it and trying it for like an hour and not being able to get it and putting it down and then the next day like the first time I picked up the beanbags again I just nailed it and kept going. <laughs> I guess that uh, right before weird. bed thing explains why I'm so good at jerking off. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Those brain pathways are probably extremely worn by now. It's fine. <laughs> but, <laughs> back to the, back to the skateboards. I the the other day I had this weird like hybrid San Francisco and New York moment where mm. I was getting in an Uber, and this guy on a like one of those things was just a single wheel in the with a, in the middle of a platform that's like powered like a powered unicycle Segway thing, uh, got annoyed that he had to swerve a little bit out of his way in the bike lane because the uber was there picking me up and he stopped and like stood in like a t-pose staring into the open window of the uber and said uber fucking sucks man you fucking suck to the driver <laughs> and the driver was like fuck you and drove off i'm i'm pretending i had nothing to do with any of this like <laughs> huh. to just like stop and <laughs> well you already had to stop because there was something in the bike lane well not really <laughs> anyway we still so, call it a bike lane instead of some sort of instead wheeled, of like wheeled alternative lane or stop. whatever yeah that's true but also instead of like here's uh, were the vehicles that have stopped to deliver something or just drop somebody right. off lane yeah, but the, I mean, at that point, there's just nowhere. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go, right? You, like, you yeah. can't just stop in the middle of traffic. Like, you, oh, you can. Well, you <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and honestly, it's fine most of the time, right? I feel like the reason, like, bikes are allowed to be in the street, and it's because that, like, you have to cross the bike lane to park, hmm. right? Like, there's just no, there's no way to fully avoid having cars in it. I don't know what anybody wants out of this situation. They just want to be mad at the tech companies, man. So, Riff, I still think you're going to hurt yourself real bad, but <laughs> it's okay because that's going to be an amazing what happened this week, Riff, segment. Oh, that's true. Yeah, sure. <laughs> We've got really good insurance. so It's true. Okay. We do have good insurance now because Kevin and I both got old all at once after West of Lothian came out. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, has anyone been playing any video games? I don't think so. I don't think we're gamer types. I no. <laughs> yeah. I played games when I was younger. I don't know. Yeah. I could talk about Rick's more like, of a skater and yeah. you're more of a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's more of a world traveler. 
I'm 40 now. Yeah, like, that's it's true. Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Congrats. Do you, it, do you feel any different? No. Okay, I, it's the I, same. I recognize that this is partly owing to that like effect of like seeing other people's lives only through their wives' Instagrams. <laughs> but I it seems like everything is pretty great for you and I'm really, really happy for you. I, I, I'm pretty pleased with my life as it is. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And yeah, looking at, at my wife's Instagram, my life is amazing. Yeah. Like, and I mean even if it's only Instagram. even if it's only half that good, it's like yeah. I'm still like I, I'm, you know it, it, I don't know. It would be lame to say that I'm envious, but I'm like, fuck yeah, Jim. That kid I, seems I'm, that kid seems like a delight. I'm like, fuck yeah, Jim. Nice. Yeah. Good. <laughs> when when is Winston gonna first guest on the podcast? Uh he needs to learn to talk first. Does he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's usually I think we're all on board for a non talking guest. So yeah, he it would have to be an early recording because he's he's usually asleep. By six thirty, I would kids. rather record this show at eight in the With morning. A sleeping baby, anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No. <laughs> so you haven't played any video games, Kevin? I uh, basically continue to play Baba Is You. I want to. I want to complete that sucker. Were you playing it on Switch? Yeah, okay. I've been playing it on Switch. Um, yeah, I I finally got past the the puzzle that was obstructing me in the the meta zone and <laughs> the the one actually called meta. No, it was the the okay. one, uh, the Velcom one. Okay, so you're uh, in you're in the glitch zone. Yeah. Okay. There there's literally a zone called. Oh meta man! After, after glitch, <laughs> it's so it messes with your head real real bad. Yeah. Hearing oh, you say I that like when I'm, I'm already get... fe- uh, feeling like I'm having my head messed with really bad, yeah. is, <laughs> that's an, I'm that's s- intense. I'm so glad that this game has this stuff in it. Even if I oh, never yeah. see it, I'm so glad that it like because I I feel like there was always a real danger of it not delivering on the premise yes and i felt like even in the like once i played it during testing and i got like 40 or 50 puzzles in, i was like oh you know what this is like this was absolutely an entire game without it running out of ideas and then to find out that there's three times more that i hadn't seen and that it just keeps going bonkers places that makes me so happy yeah (laughs) also like fuck that guy he's like 22 and this is the first (laughs) game he's ever made like it seems to be selling really well too. Student project, yeah, that's is, that's cool. that's great. That yeah. definitely could have gone either way. Yeah, yeah. it was featured yeah. on like there's an article about the seven games you the seven games you've never heard about but definitely should play on like time.com. Yep. Mm. Hypnospace was ones? in that too. Hypnospace Outlaw was one. Oh neat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't remember was, what the other ones were. I think maybe, maybe the assignment was in that list. I can't remember. Possibly. Yeah. Hmm. So this is a very newness bias. It is. On this yeah, list. yeah that's okay. Yeah. yeah. That's something that like, I, I feel like there is some, I don't know. I, I remember talking about on, um, this was back when steam was making all their, their changes that resulted in like 10 times as many games being added to steam as usual. Mm-hmm. And, journalists talking about how like yeah we can't keep up with the new stuff anymore and my reaction to that was like well if you're like trying to find interesting unknown games why are you looking at the games that are currently released Hmm. like it's there's there's so there are so many interesting unknown games in the past 
Um, I guess that's our job. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, because we're not well, because we're not trying to make a living writing news, and that's the yep. that's the reason I think is that like when you are writing for a like a, a Kotaku or what have you or a rock paper shotgun, there is so much incentive to only talk about the latest stuff because basically because gamers have such a like a such bad neophilia, mm-hmm. you know. Although that's, I feel like there's a sentiment that that's true, but I, I don't, maybe, and maybe this is just a thing that's in the zeitgeist now. So many people this year I've seen on Twitter are talking about like, I'm not going to buy any new games until I work through at least some of my backlog or whatever. Yeah. Well, I think that's, that's, that's a little bit of it coming around. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and like, but how, and also how many of those people are actually going to do that? I've seen people like with like actively doing it like like you know this is my I, I, I'm certainly, fifth completed game of 2019 so far and like talking about what they think about it. I'm so. certainly it's been a long time since I like bought a game on Steam that wasn't for the assignment. Hmm. So, I uh, have any of you played Islanders? I haven't. I've seen it. It, is took, it, it I, took Steam by storm like a couple days ago. Question. Is it a game that involves like combats? No. No. Okay. So there's no like fighting in it. No. It is this very abstract is the wrong word. It's like a low poly like flat shaded uh, thing I think is the way to describe this. Every Any given polygon is just a single color. Um, and it's you have some buildings that you can place and those buildings are worth a certain number of points based on their proximity to certain features of the landscape or certain other buildings. And so basically it's like a sieve builder that you're building in these very constrained small levels and you have to reach certain score thresholds to get new buildings to place. And so a lot of it is about kind of learning the systems and like planning for stuff and like doing things that are maybe not points advantageous now, but Mm. that set you up for a, a, big score later on like once you get an idea of what things are available and you um you like build out a sieve on an island you start on this this tiny island which you maybe get i don't know maybe you can place 50 buildings on um, and that's a small island uh yeah the the buildings are very small huh um, okay and you, you you get them in batches of like i think you always get six um the achievements in it are also very good at like giving you different weird constraints on how to play like i've had fun going after each of the achievements that i've deliberately hmm. gone after um but you just you do an island until you kind of either run out of points on it and if you've scored enough points you can go on to another island which those out those have kind of different themes to them like some of them are resource constrained in some way some of them like this one is like snowy so you can't do any farming stuff or whatever um some of them are just shaped weird or they're like awkward to to build on uh, but like once you move on to another island, your old one is just gone. Like it's just a very like run based kind of ephemeral thing. And it's just like the music is really nice and it's it's relaxing. There's no time pressure at all. And it, it gets to be a game about like kind of pixel perfect placement of stuff and like figuring out how to like leave enough room for, for something later, which gets a little hmm. annoying. But like there are enough there are enough tricks uh, to it that are not hard that it's. I can absolutely recommend it. Like I've just been playing the shit out of it for the last like three days. Interesting. Um, 
I saw people talking about it, but I wasn't sure if like you built up a settlement and then like something attacked, and, and I was like not yeah, as excited that, about that. I was wondering about the the structure of this. Like, yeah, it you... looks like Bad North, but doesn't that's, have I think any. That's what it, I was confused. It, yeah, about it looks it. a lot like Bad North, and it and it's like you could dis. Bad North is more of like an RT, like a yeah. like a. So how does the abstracted RT? How does the game end? Uh, you either place your last building, and you don't have enough points to get another batch of buildings, or move on to the next island. Okay. That's it. That's it. That's, and like, how long does that take? Uh, that is kind of the problem, right? The f- very first game of it that it's I like played took minutes. no, took like two hours. Oh, oh, because the first then the first level might take five minutes. Yeah, but then you're yeah. continuing to like. Advance. There, there's an achievement for getting to the second island within ninety seconds. So like, that's oh, wow. doable. But you want to maximize your score on oh, the islands because you're doing the, the because, long game. Yeah, you're doing oh, the long game, and wow. so and so it starts to it's it incentivizes playing absolutely as long as you can yeah, which and the right. longer it goes on the more kind of the same every mm-hmm. island gets because once you've got everything yeah the reason i ask is like there are you know you have games like mini metro and then you have games like cities skylines and they they're sort of doing the same sort of thing but like their approaches in terms of just how long the player has to pay attention for is so different yeah I mean, Mini Metro can go on for a long time. Mini Metro can, yeah. and it's I find it kind of stressful for that yeah. reason. Yeah. Like because like you never know when you're making a decision. Am I unknowingly fucking myself in the future? Which maybe right. that's what setting up. I remember they talked about that on Idle Thumbs, and maybe Chris Remo had talked to some body who knew more about like urban planning who described mini metro as like this is not at all like designing a subway this is like a bus system yeah that was a really interesting conversation yeah it was um i should try to find that specific and what was the the because you can move stuff around in a way that you just can't like you can delete stations and you can move (laughs) stations in it um i thought although that said, aren't there like a ton of unused subway stations in New York? Yeah. Right? Like the old they... ones that are full of that pink goo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also played, uh, and I only played maybe a half an hour of this today, uh, this game called Pathway, which just popped up in my Steam recommendations. It is a like Indiana Jones ish themed uh game that's kind of like ftl i guess it's like you've got a map and you take some characters and they've got like different weapons and skills and then you've got resources like fuel and money and you're moving around this node-based map and having like little kind of dialogue choice based encounters like the like the things in in ftl in between fights uh some of them lead to combat and then combat is like just a grid based sort of tactics uh, RPG fight that's usually between at least in the first level which I played a couple of times is like there's two of your you have two guys and there are like five Nazis for you to fight and it seems like it's always Nazis and it's very it's very leaning into being pro killing Nazis which feels like a choice that they it's never robots or zombies or it seems like it's only Nazis it's like it's like 30s archaeology no it's just Nazis yeah all right yeah like that classic uh what do you what do you call those things what was the word that just the two syllable thing oh the trochies trochies Yeah. yeah 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 I guess Nazi is one but like nobody ever goes dressed as the ninja pirate zombie Nazi <laughs> to <laughs> to a fun nerd party. Um, 
But yeah, it seems cool. I, like I want to go see what the next level is like. Having played it, there is you're kind of leveling up your guys and uh, getting a getting an inventory over time. But it's you can replay a level, um, and I think like you do stuff and it like unlocks new characters for you. There's a bunch of characters that haven't been unlocked yet on the level select screen, and it seems like future missions you have have you taking more people in, which I'm actually not that excited about, but. Um, it's called Pathway, which is going to make it very hard. I'm ne- like, I will have absolutely forgotten the name of that game a day after the last time I play it, and then I will never be able to recommend it to anybody again because of that. What makes like, a good video game? Like, because I feel like video game name. Sorry, that like, because you like there like a short name is often good, but if it's something that is hard to Google for or whatever. Yeah, just like a generic name. I don't know. Like, this is something like Laura Shea was talking about how people, since a lot of their favorite memorable games have one word names, they want to give their game a one word name, mm-hmm. but they end up, because there are so few of those available, they end up picking something really lame. I think that's. Because I feel like Frog it's, Fractions it's real is hard. incredibly memorable. Yeah, and I just lucked into that. Like, it, it was a super good name that I didn't think about at all. I mean, all of our our game names are just kind of nonsense. Sure. But they're not... No one else ever uses the word loathing in a game, and so, like, mm-hmm. that yeah. sort of aids us in, 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 in uniqueness, establishing least, a brand. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, like, <clears throat> I mean, so, like... I think that if a game came out that was called Bastion that wasn't very good, mm-hmm. I would say that's a super lame name. And I guess that means I think that Bastion is a lame name for that game. I don't actually think that Transistor is a super good name for the game Transistor either, but like I it's... think I don't know. I feel like those names are both pretty ev- evocative. Really? Yeah. In what way is Bastion about like a fortress or a bulwark? No, it's not. But like, just in terms of like a, a name, a name for a thing, and like not regardless of what it's the name of, I think it's a cool name. I mean, I guess like you you would name an Overwatch character Bastion. You wouldn't name an Overwatch character Pathway or Transistor. I could see you naming one transistor. Oh, you're right. You're right that they are cooler words. Pyre is a cool word. Yeah. Yeah. If they released a game called Cairn, that would be a cool <laughs> word. Sure. I like that Pyre and Prey are just anagrams of each other, and I kind of yeah. wanted every other anagram to be possible. Right. <laughs> Prey was not a great name for that game. It doesn't no, say anything about but, what it is, but I mean, like, but neither it is does, a like, cool name. Dishonored is not no, that's a, a terrible name. You think Dishonored think is that's a bad a, name? Yeah, I think that's real. Like, well, and and the re- the reason I think that's bad is that it's it 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 doesn't feel like it says anything. Like, it, it within the context of being a video game, it doesn't feel like it says anything. About, like, we're, to differentiate it from other video game plots. Um. By contrast, I think this is about, so this is by contrast to Frog Fractions. We spent a ton of time workshopping the name of Glittermitten Grove, and nobody ended up being super satisfied with that as a name. I like that it's it's an FF game followed by a GG. That game. was part of it, yeah. Yeah. 
We spent a bunch of time uh, trying to figure out what Word Realms was going to be called, oh, God, and it ended yeah. up being called Fucking Word Realms. I, that's, yeah. I think that's good. Well, I think that's a good name. Oh, it's so that's, hard I, to say. I think say. that's a better name than Master Swords. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Master but, Swords was, was workshopped by children. By children. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they like Zelda. Yep. We wanted... It, it felt important at the time to name the game something that we could own the dot com. Oh, of. sure. And, you know, there was a, the right name for that game is Spell Swords. Yeah. But yeah. That's, yeah. that's a much better name. There's a, but there's a, there's a, there's a there are already guild, games called a, that, and there was yeah. that we couldn't get that domain, and like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Spells Words. Yeah, Spells Words. Because it's spell swords and spells words, like it's that's the good name so for good. that game. Well, I mean, so it's master master swords and master masters words. words. Yeah, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. now it's I better. Mean, it works, right. but it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Man, also, also because it was like they they like this was going to be called it. Like, okay, I guess we'll come up with something in the game that makes right. that make any kind of sense. Yeah, that yeah. was that was um, the yeah. thing. We got the name before there <laughs> like, was anything like that in the plot, and we're like, okay, all right, let's. Uh, roll yeah, with that. your uncle. It was a master of making swords, and he made the eight master swords, and now it's time for you to go retrieve them. But you know what? That was fine. It was fine. It's for fucking children. They don't yep. care. <laughs> I think like, the, the dumber, the better. The game name that I've been most impressed with recently has been uh, Invisible Ink. Ah, yeah. Oh, As in good. Invisible Incorporated. Yep. Yeah, that's good. good. So is fucking Titans, or Industries of Titan. Yeah. That is oh, yeah. such a clever name. I love it. Um. Wait, how is it clever? Titans because of industry. Because the phrase Titans of Industry. It's a play oh, on the phrase right, Titans right, of Industry, which yeah. it's clever for the people who get it, which is about half of people. Yeah. <laughs> until it, took, it took me like eight months before and, I, was, I had this like dawning realization. I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's yeah. brilliant. It was still a good name. Yeah. Even if I didn't get it. Yeah, it was. It, that's if I, like, that's like, oh, I bet that game is like a fucking Art Deco space game. And like, <laughs> I'm not sure it is, but it is in my head. And so it's. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I also played a game that I can't – it's one of those things that I I wish that it had been a different time when this could have been made into just like a regular fucking game instead of a free-to-play garbage phone game. Uh, but it is called Marginalia Heroes or Marginalia Hero. And it is – you are like a guy who looks like one of the little weird-looking dudes in a margin of a medieval manuscript and you're fighting – like weird rabbits oh, and like nice. snakes with old men's heads and stuff like just <laughs> a bunch great. of weird looking shit like that. That's a the, really good idea. The yeah, gameplay yeah. is um the gameplay is very simple which I sort of appreciate. It's it's kind of like a golf swing mini game sort of like the <clears throat> When you're in a fight, there's just a circle and you have like a little sword that's swinging around the circle like clock hands. And there are targets on the wheel that you have to hit. And if you hit the target, you do some damage. You do your weapons damage to the enemy. And if you miss a target, they do one damage to you. Mm, And you either have one or two hit points. That sounds kind of like the main combat mechanic in uh, Shadow Hearts Covenant, I think it was. It was a JRPG. It's not. It's real good. Is that the one with the weird, like, guy, the doll maker that you would yeah, give him, like, yeah. porn? Yeah. Uh, was that the same? Yeah, I think maybe that was the... No. Okay, it was that 
there it, you it's not that you're giving the doll maker porn it's that you're finding gay porn and giving it to a dressmaker and the dressmaker then makes new dresses for the doll guy's doll okay okay yeah there's also a the uh, vampire pro wrestler and uh a historical figure uh, Roger Bacon <laughs> and it's it's an extremely crazy game yeah but this one, like, so it'll get like, all right, now the targets like disappear or now the sword changes directions every time you hit and the targets get like, and it starts moving faster and faster or whatever. And the, and the weapons that you equip are things like, you know, you earn more gold for hitting targets or you, you know, the, the, you have a larger margin of error or when the, when you're fighting a thing where the targets fade away, they fade away slower or the whole thing moves slower or whatever. And so there's like a bunch of like, there's a bunch of things that your gear can affect in this like relatively simple mini game. And it's just like play this thing and earn coins and buy upgrades and fight harder things. But it's actually like you could probably if you were good enough at the game just beat all of the enemies with the starter equipment if you never fucked up right so it's nice. like okay this has all of the makings of a thing that is pretty good but then if you wanted to you could watch a 30 second ad for some gameplay benefit after each i would say 15 seconds of gameplay Whoa. and it it is just the most like awful example of free-to-play monetization getting in the way of something that there's no reason for it to be bad hmm. that i've ever seen is wow. like is like the the suggestion to go and do that like really obtrusive too no it's just like at, every time you earn a reward from combat it's like you can get just literally twice as much stuff if you watch a video first yeah it's wow it's awful Man, did you guys watch that uh, 1500 slot machines walk into a bar talk? I read an article or interview about it, but I haven't watched the actual talk. That was pretty wild, though. That could be the assignment instead of this game is watching that <laughs> talk. <laughs> um, it's pretty good. I'll, I'll link to it. But it's basically about some guys who, and they're guys, I forget what the, these guys have like a pedigree. Like they made something good. And made a bunch of money from it. I forget what it was, though. Uh, but they just were like, "What? How? How little effort can we put into flooding the the Android app store with procedurally generated slot machines? And how much money can we make doing that if we hook up ads in them?" And it was just describing the sort of tool chain that they ended up with. To the point where they just had completely automated, like submitting the maximum number of new apps to the app store that they were allowed to every single day. And then based on how they were received, changing the focus of the proc gen stuff and like... Was it, was it machine learning or were they like guiding it? No, no, they were just guiding it because they, they were mostly doing this stuff to be funny. I see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it was a, it was a good, it was a good talk to watch. Uh, I I'm, I'm very curious how that's going to change the App Store rules if it does at all. I don't think I mean they they well I won't spoil how it ended for them but like they can't do it anymore but I think somebody else probably could although there was there were some rule changes I think that were that they felt were specifically calling out their <laughs> bullshit but who knows. I believe that is all 
that I have played. I, play, I guess I played a little bit more of The Witness and I played a oh. bunch of Hearthstone because the new Hearthstone oh, expansion yeah. came out. But like, there's no, nothing really to interesting to talk about <laughs> in it. Because, well, so like, I will talk about single player Hearthstone content on that here because that's like kind a of a new game. video game that comes out. This expansion is just more Hearthstone. Yeah. You know. How did you end up but, playing The Witness again? Because I also started playing a little bit of that again. So did uh, so did uh, Tim here in the office. Uh, I because it was the epic free game of the. Oh, every two that weeks. makes sense. Okay, uh, yeah, that's probably how that happened. To me but I was too. like, oh yeah, I haven't played The Witness in a while. People I should, talking I about that on feed. It runs yeah. really nice on a good iPad. I discovered. Uh huh. Because yeah, it, I feel like they spent a bunch of time making the the iOS version yeah viable. It it feels really nice to like draw those lines on on onto the mazes with your finger yeah yeah i does the, it feels to me like the uh what do you call it like the quantized movement right because it doesn't it have like mist style like node movement no i mean it kind of does but a node can be anywhere it when you oh. when you tap the screen it it decides where it thinks that node, oh. where where in the landscape you tapped, and it moves you to there. Hmm. Interesting. Because I it, does it like pathfind. Thinking yeah. about the, it would have to right. Does it, it or could it just teleport? Does it? You? Could you tap to... really far away, and would it just run you a long distance? Uh, I think so. Yeah, and it if if you're like up at the top of a cliff and see and are looking down and see a path down there, you can tap it, and it'll navigate you there. As near that would as be cool because I feel like a lot of times I would see something and not just not know how to get there because I missed a little side yeah. passage or something. It, it might not it handle. Like on an iPad, it depends the, on how complicated the path to get there is. I think, but it would try. The, the yeah. like desert temple where the gimmick is all figuring out what angle to look at the things at to see the fingerprints from previous people solving them that seems like it would be very difficult on an ipad if it you lets could, if it wasn't you, easy to like back up and you, you can stuff. you can uh, yeah it actually does have a gesture for backing up and it has gestures for for sidling side to side yeah okay does it try to help you find the environmental puzzles no, or is, no. are you still left you're still left on your own no nope, totally on okay. your own interesting I, I find myself even on a second playthrough still totally uninterested in collecting all of those, Good. just yeah. because some of them are such a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yep. I've gotten. I, I've been go, getting. I mean, I only just started, but I've I've gone and gotten the couple that I know where they are, and like it's that sort of thing where when you when you first started playing a game, you're like, yeah, I'll totally 100% this game, but we'll see how I feel about that when I actually get to the point of doing the boring bits. Yeah, I, I feel like, I don't know, I it's a, th those environmental puzzles, I'm glad they're there because I feel like it's kind of the point of the game and it validates a lot of it, but, yeah. but also actually collecting them would be like trying to collect all the Korok seeds in Breath of the Wild. Mm. What about all the coins in Super Mario on the Switch? Uh, which which Super Mario? The 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 like Odyssey. Odyssey. The, yeah. The moons. So I, the moons. moons. I Although, got, there, got, aren't there look, an infinite number of them? There. Well, so there you can get as many gold coins as you want. Sorry, no. I meant I meant the moons. But the, the yeah, like it's. I would say those are pretty distinctly different because, uh, they're a lot more clearly like demarcated. Like they're they're, they're still on the map. They're mm. hidden, but. 
the game wants you to find them. Yeah, I mean, the um, witness is not bad in that regard either because the the obelisks that that list all of these all of these things you can use those to to find the general direction of where the ones you're missing are there are like so four it, or five where the obelisk does, like it, does it is not accurate but it does well. not help yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and that those were the ones that like kind of pissed me off in the end but but yeah, there's there's a bunch in there that are that are a genuine pain in the ass. To actually, yeah, I, I feel mean, like something that's... that I would enjoy doing is if I had a if I had a map, like if there was like a mod to the witness that would put little beams of light at all of the spots where you needed to be standing to get one of those things. I would love to see them all. Hmm. Yeah, mm. yeah. The, so much of that, like the, what what sucks to me about finding those things is that it basically just involves looking at everything in the game from every possible angle. Yeah, which is not fun. Like the, yeah. the temple where all of the puzzles are that is by far the lamest set of puzzles in the game. Mm. The ones where it's like the puzzle is figure out where to stand. Like, right. Okay, fine. And there are puzzles where it's not just where to stand, but it's like stand here at a particular moment. Yeah. the the Like finding out that some of the environmental ones require you to like be on the, the boat, boat yeah. and are only yeah. available for a second. I did as I was walking home the other day or I, was, I wasn't walking home. I was walking somewhere that I had I couldn't stop long enough to take a picture. Uh, but there was a shadow of like a couple of bike racks and a planter that just created a nearly perfect, very short <laughs> one of those on the sidewalk in front of me. And it was like, well, there I'm here again. Yep. Um, now it's me. It's me, Jonathan Blow, waking up in that video in the, <laughs> in the Easter egg room. With it, let me unstrap my piss bag. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you been playing anything, Riff? Uh, let's see. I played some of that. I played some uh, Bloodborne. I play. I played some. Uh, I played through the campaign on uh, Totally Accurate Battle Simulator. Nice. Which is a hoot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the the only thing I think is missing from that is the ability to rewind and and rewatch the battle or 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 see a, a see a shot that a guy takes from a different angle and things Do like you, that. Yeah, it seems like so much of that the point of that game is sharing that it would have a, like a good photo mode. Yeah, or, yeah. But it's different every time. Yeah, right? that was my question. So I think Can it'd be fairly hard and, and get to... totally different results. Yeah, it would need to. It would need to. Um, like. It would need to generate the fight as a movie and then let you scrub the movie. Yeah. Huh. But, but uh, like, if you wanted to be able to move the camera around freely while you were doing that, right? right it would basically right. have to like 3D movie, yeah. accurately model and store it. And I don't know, like, you end up with like a multiplicative yeah, data. It might might not be. Possible, I bet it would, be, it would be like storing the the animation data for all the characters would be less than storing a full screen movie. You think? I think so. Hmm. You know, I I I would have thought naively that like vector data would be small, say, and that ends up just not being the case. Like trying to use SVGs as like a a basis for making a video game was just a terrible idea. When That's tried interesting. To do it. Um, because like, so it's really easy to get for those things to get out of hand. I have never I've never used Illustrator. Um, I, actually, I've never used Flash either, but. My experience working with flash animations is that, is that they are very small, and I have never had a problem, like with how they look as compared to stuff made in Illustrator. Uh, if you try to like actually have like a 
an entire scene made out of like vector objects they they rapidly become much more data than like just a flat image that's interesting and i wonder if that would be true with animation data in the same way or not i don't yeah, know like so v- video game 3d animations are stored um skeletally and i don't think i i guess i shouldn't say this without really having looked at you know a modern uh, animation rig, but I don't think they have more than uh, like a couple dozen bones per character, probably less. Hmm. And then animating that is just you're storing like, I, th- I think it's um, just the position and orientation, which would be something like it's eight ve- floats. It's literally a vector, though, right? Like that's that's what I'm wondering if it is literally a vector. But like, it's it's storing something. I, I would estimate a couple hundred bytes per character, per frame, per frame. But a couple hundred bytes per character per frame for some of those times battles, yeah. Four hundred guys, right? Times a thirty-second battle, yeah, like that, I. But then it also probably compresses pretty well. Yeah, yeah, sure. Game dev. Anything else, Riff? Game dev um, by people who've never made this exactly. kind of game and have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about. Uh, Armchair game dev. I played a little bit of the Norwood Suite after oh, yeah. after Jim oh. talked about it some. Um, that, that is a weird game, man. It, 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 uh, extremely reminds me of an old, um, sort of like first person point and click adventure game that came out. I feel like in the region of time that Riven came out called nine, the last resort that, hmm. that, that is also about a, a weird mansion full of music related stuff and also just crazy surrealist art um and actually it it had it had full voice acting and it had like the most wild cast list you've ever heard it it was like it had voices from it had jim belushi and Cher and ellen degeneres and two of the guys from aerosmith and christopher reeves and i think somebody else but i'm forgetting but yeah, it was nuts. <laughs> what was the budget for this? Was video game? was this like the sequel to the sequel to the Seventh Guest? <laughs> no, it was. It was. I don't think it was related in by company or anything like that. It, it was, it's a similar kind of game, though. Um, yeah, it was nuts. It, it, but it was all like it had a lot of like music oriented puzzles and and uh, uh, the just just art everywhere like every surface you look at has like five or six little framed paintings and and they're all like like i don't know famous modern surrealist painters whose names i can't think of at the moment but i'm sure you'd recognize an album cover or something if you saw it um yeah the the lesson that i've learned from uh the history of b games is that a lot of games like that is that it's not that expensive to hire like B-list celebrities for a day. Yeah. <laughs> you get your Mark Hamill in the Wing Commander. Right. Although that was a huge, that had a huge budget, I think, comparatively. I, well, I think that was a couple million bucks, yeah. To other stuff at the time. Um, the other thing what have you I, been playing, Jim? Uh, oh, the, sorry, Riff. The One more thing I played is the, uh, I only played, I don't have a lot to say about it, but it's this weird... Uh, pinball game called demon's tilt or or i guess linking back to our previous discussion about titles you could say it's demon 
stilt. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a very tall demon. Um, well, no, it's a short demon pretending well, yeah, to be a tall pretending demon. Well, yeah, pretending to be a tall demon. Uh, but yeah, it's like a, this wild, um, like three three level, like uh, uh, like Kirby pinball on the Game Boy had like the the three level three stack of of pinball tables and I don't know, it's wild sort of demonic pixel art. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, particle effects that make it kind of hard to track the ball sometimes. And sometimes the flippers feel a little spongy to me, but it, it's still in early access, so there might be kinks that they're working out. But uh, do you think it's the real name pretty. is? Do you think the name is a reference to Demon's Crush on the uh, Twitter graphics? Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, hmm. I'm not familiar. Is that a pinball game? Yeah. Hmm. There was there was like Demon's Crush. Well, maybe it was Demon singular. Or not, or not possessive, and then there was Alien Crush, two, like as a series of of pinball games themed after various kinds of monsters on the PC Engine. There was a game called Demons to Diamonds on the Atari, which oh. I think was about shooting demons, and then they turned into diamonds. Oh, that makes. Do you think that huh. the gameplay came after the name there? I don't know. Because that would be a real funny coincidence. Like, I've got a great name for this game, guys. <laughs> there was this old uh, PC adventure game called Demon's Forge that I remember playing as a kid. And then I recently learned that it was somebody re- that relatively well-known that made it. This is not important, uh, but I'm going to look it up. Anyway, that's all I played. That's cool. I played, um, I played, uh, so I, I tweeted about this not having played it. I retweeted somebody talking about Fancade at GDC, and I finally ended up looking looking it up. Um, and it was a, uh, in, in the tweet, it was described as a uh, fantasy console style uh, app for phones where, but where you can, use a voxel editor to build objects and levels and then create a game out of them. Um, and I tried opening it up and messing with it. And the editor is like pretty hard to use, but like, I don't know how you would do a better voxel editor on a phone. Um, but thanks mobile web. (laughs) I hate you. Good job. Mobile (laughs) web. It's cool. Probably the the listeners didn't hear that at all. Uh, it doesn't seem like it has a scripting language in there, but it does have like a, a blueprint style, like or maybe closer to Redstone style. Um, you can you can create object behaviors by putting uh, like logic gates in the world, um, and you looking at the um, the list of of user created stuff you can actually do a bunch of different kinds of games with it uh unfortunately the user community all the most popular games are like games that were early mobile hits like the the game the the platformer where the randomly generated platformer where you are like you have control of i forget what you call this but i think it's oh it's doodle jump that's the name of it so i don't Mm -hmm. have to describe it anymore i can just say doodle jump or um 2048 or uh like a game one of those games where you um are 
I, it, I, the way I've seen it usually themed is you're like a valet trying to get a certain parked car out of a lot full of randomly placed cars. Oh, yeah. Uh, traffic jam? That sounds right. Yeah. Um, and the the monetization for this game is real weird where you in order to to you can you can play each of these user created games for like 30 seconds and then you have to buy them using fan coins and you can you buy the coins with real money but i think the the people who make the game get the coins so that you, they can buy other people's games yeah i don't know if you can cash out huh uh, i don't think you can i well, think because if somebody made what if somebody made a gambling game right oh yeah i don't know if that's possible huh and I think that's the most interesting part of the app to me is that like there's kind of a, a, a underground economy happening here. Like, yeah, I think if you could cash out, I think it would be against um, both the that's, Google Play and the App Store. That's I, actually really great, though, because if you if you just commit to making some cool games, you'll get a bunch of fan coins and then you can buy, play other people's games and buy them if you want. Yeah. As much, oh, Wow. Huh. Such an interesting incentive. Uh, so that was Fancade. Um, Fancade. And I played uh, Waking. Did you try to make anything in Fancade? I I messed with the editor a little bit, but it was pretty fiddly. Okay. I didn't really. I didn't get to the point where where anything was uh, playable. Okay, sorry. Um, and I played uh, Waking Mars. Oh yeah. Which is the Randy Smith's game from like 2012. Um, back when uh. Back when I was still optimistic about the future of mobile game pl- mobile game development, like I remember at the time playing Waking Mars and thinking like, oh yeah, this is this is a neat little adventure game, and I kind of I kind of petered out on it uh, and and thought like this is like this is a it's cool that mobile gaming is going in this direction and probably in five or six years it'll be really good, <laughs> and it turns out no that was the peak that was the uh, the best it was going to get. It never got better than Waking Mars. <laughs> I remember Kevin not liking Waking Mars. Yeah, much. I'm trying to remember what what problems I have. With so it. I, I will describe it to you, and then maybe it'll jog your memory. Well, I remember the game pretty well actually, because like it's there's like a bunch of systems with plants that grow. Yeah, and, it's like yeah. it's basically a gardening game. It's like a gardening Metroidvania. Yeah. Um, and the way that functions is that you. Uh, there are life forms on the planet that gate your progress until you. Uh, there's a certain amount of biomass in the current mm-hmm. zone, right. and so you have to like reproduce the plants and the animals. They're, and then they're like explicitly called out as like these are not plants or animals, but they they're basically plants yeah. and animals. Um, and it's it's real satisfying, and it's it's also like you can really fuck yourself by setting up your uh your garden wrong yeah yeah i think that maybe that was some aspect of that that i found frustrating like i could see that i could totally see that because like you can really fuck yourself yeah uh but i i really enjoyed that and and like it, it's also um it made made me think about how uh there's some lip service in the dialogue paid to how like to how you don't want to mess with this biome you don't want to be like the person who comes in and like takes control like colonizes the the um the Mars biome and you don't want to have too much of a ecological footprint on this land but you're going in there and you're changing all the <laughs> shit and you're it it is like in terms of 
gameplay, you are totally like coming in there and owning the space. Sure. You're, and I don't know how you make a game that appeals to someone who's grown up playing those games that is not like that. Um, and I kind of want to, I'm kind of like into the idea lately of, of good gardening games. Um, it's still kind of about owning a space though, right? I mean, so it doesn't like, presumably it doesn't have to be, but like as someone who, who's grown up playing games about getting points and owning your enemies, like this is where my mind goes when, when I think about like what would those sort of interactions lead to and what would be fun. Well, okay. A game where you're a bird and all you do is eat fruit and then shit and you choose where to go to eat fruit and you choose where to shit. Right. And maybe you get points for shitting on a statue, or right. like you get an achievement for okay. shitting on all of the <laughs> all right. statues. Yeah, but then otherwise, or, or like a bald it just guy, <laughs> it just plants stuff. So wherever you're shitting, and then you get every time you go to sleep, it's like a, a year passes or whatever. And then, <laughs> so you're actually right, playing, you're yeah. playing like the whole ecology. Yeah. Okay. And like maybe you put like oh you eat some kudzu grapes, and then you shit kudzu on the Tennessee, so, and then it's everywhere. At, at that point, like I, th- I think, what's happening is that you're relying on the player to find the fun parts of the of this system. Um, yeah, I guess if you're not going to reward them, right? Oh, but the so, reward is is having a pretty forest or whatever that is healthy and diverse. So I made a game um, for April one Christmas. It was a couple of Christmases ago, um, where you are a dog running around a cave, um, and I wanted to add like little collectibles, but I also wanted to like I didn't want it to be like you are you know you're you're removing like valuables from this cave, you know, you're you're not strip mining it. And so I came up with this uh, it, 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 the idea was that you are uh scattering dandelions. Um and this is something that like well the dandelions like they want to be scattered and so like it's one of those rare cases in nature where like Doing the fun thing is also like doing the helpful thing. Oh, blowing on a dandelion puff. Right. Hmm. Uh, and so, like, the collectible in this game is uh, going around scattering all the dandelions. Um, and I think that's like, it's still using the same uh, brain pathways that that I, I use to collect coins in Mario and enjoy that, but it feels a little bit more like you're not. That you're not just being the the person who is coming and just and, and wrecking the place, and I don't know if that's actually better. I don't know if like feeding into the idea that like uh, doing the fun thing is doing the good thing is actually like improving the world in any way because like I feel like that that association in the gamer brain is actually one of the main problems with gamer culture, huh. but um. Anyway, that was that's that's my thinking about gardening games. I find it kind of hard to consider a causal link between games and between the games themselves and gamers being entitled shitheads. Yeah. Yeah, because like if we are going to claim, which I think we are based on science that like playing violent games doesn't make you more violent, which I I believe there's no evidence to suggest that, right? Then how can playing games 
that reward a sense of entitlement make you more entitled? I, I, I think mean, we, I, I think we can definitely say that playing games changes you. Like it has an effect on your mental state and on the way you see the world. Um, and so like, you can't say that just because one thing doesn't happen that the rest of the things also don't happen. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. But, and games can definitely perpetuate sort of attitudes or cultures and like make you feel like those are acceptable when maybe they shouldn't be. Right. But no more so than any other media. No, no. And I'm, but, right. So but like, we're just talking about games, right? Like we, like, I think, I feel like we should also be critical of movies. And yeah. I, I, right. I but I just, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to, I wouldn't especially blame games on the, like this, uh, this on games. Yeah. Uh, although the, the one effect, I guess the one effect that I was talking about, I would especially blame on games because your, your activity yeah, and the rewards thereof yeah. are tied in a way that they aren't for other forms of media. I don't know. I just I don't know that like the cure to th- all of the problems with gamer culture is like let's make everything like papers, please, yeah. so that uh, like I I don't think there is a cure to the problems with gamer culture. I think it's <laughs> it's going to be what it is until everybody dies. Until everybody dies. Every, sing, every single person. <laughs> Until every single person dies. Now, see, that is just games teaching you that the solution to most problems is just genocide. <laughs> like, this dungeon is going to be dangerous until I have killed every single skeleton <laughs> that's in right. it. And that's it. That's all there is to it. Genocide I, at gamers. <laughs> I grew up playing those games, so yes, probably. I mean, if we don't get the climate situation under control, things are going to get real ugly in 50 years. Yeah, but people will need games even more, and they're not going to want to play fucking Papers, Please. They're going to want to play, like, you can go outside without boiling Simulator 2060. (laughs) It's really only going to get ugly for the poor. Like, rich white people are going to be fine. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) Okay, all right. I think things getting ugly for people that are economically disadvantaged that, that, will, that begin to, have, will begin to have impacts for everybody. That might have knock-on effects, yeah. Well, until we move to the satellite, uh, the space station community. Okay. Move into the pleasure domes. Yeah. I hear they're stately. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how much of a catastrophe Biosphere 2 was until a recent expose came out. Did you see that article? Mm-mm. Okay. Wasn't Steve Bannon involved he in was. it somehow? Yes. Yeah. God. Yep. I was yeah. thinking, wasn't it Pauly Shore? <laughs> that teaches us a valuable lesson about how uh, you can, as long as you change your mind about having ruined the planet and used the trash uh, to improve the environment, then every this thing will just work itself out. That's good. What? Imagine. All right, we breed some kind of sea monster okay. that. Eats plastic. I want to call breathes it. Breathes carbon dioxide. No, no, breathes in carbon. Breathes in carbon dioxide and uh, shits out universal basic income. Okay, <laughs> and it's a kraken. Yeah, yeah, it's just a kraken. Okay, yeah, <laughs> into it. That's uh, that's our startup idea. Looking yep. for Unleash. venture capital right oh, yeah, now. Our company, our company's named Unleash. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Yeah. Well, anything else? Uh, let's see. I, I played... Um, Are you reading over the top of your glasses? 
No, I'm reading through my glasses. Okay. They're just kind of low on my face. I see. Okay. I played a game called Faulst. Faulst? Faulst. Is it about like a bird that sells its soul to the devil? I, you know, it might be. So good. It, 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 like, I, I didn't, I, w- I wasn't thinking about that thematically, but it does kind of fit the game. Um, you, uh, you play like a little owl maybe, um, and it's got jousts type, jousts type. Oh, uh, it's probably foul and joust. Oh, uh, you're right. Yeah. Foul and foul. Shit. But if it was, uh, but if it, it went the extra mile and it had the deal with the devil in there also. I, I didn't, I don't good. think it was a deal with the devil, but it is very like a hel- hellishly themed. <laughs> so like they could have, they could have figured it out. Um, I also didn't play it for very long, so maybe it is in there and it just didn't get there. Uh, it's, it's sort of like a, if, if Robotron had like joust controls. Huh. And gravity? Yeah. You, you can shoot? No, you can't shoot. You you uh you attack the enemies by ramming into them. And um, if you're higher, you win simply like joust? No, you can hit them from below. The 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 um they they attack you by shooting and they okay. So you have to like time it so that you hit them before they they fire a shot. Okay. Or like between shots. And it's kind of fun. It's it's set up like a like a roguelike is it turn based? No, it's uh, it's an action game. Okay, but like I played, uh, I don't know, I played like fifteen minutes of it, and it kept like giving me interesting new sorts of like mechanics to tack on to this. Uh, like there was one where like the room was half filled with water, and you move slower in the water, and that <laughs> was like a interesting uh, variation on the on the gameplay. And if I remember right, you like buy up. Grades. Anyway, it's it's a video game. <laughs> it was like ninety nine cents. Okay. So it, so not a uh, not a free game full of ads. Good. Yeah. Always into those. I am gonna have to leave pretty soon uh, if I'm gonna be at a movie on time. You're so leaving it at nine hundred and forty six beats. Shall we talk about <laughs> uh, the assignment? The world next door. That's excellent. Jim now finally has a swatch. <laughs> Which that is not a super '90s looking watch, although it looks like it looks like the watch that you would use if you were like diving yeah. down to weld an oil rig support. Well, I'm, well, I'm doing beam. that later. So okay, at, at 56 beats, that's a you're, beefy fucking. You're gonna have watch. to tell me, explain to me what is happening with this because I, I don't know anything about these things. What, what it's just a about? watch, and then it also has the time in beats. Yeah, it's is, 946 right there. Right, but what does that mean? It's one so, one. It's 946 it's, one thousandths of the way yeah, it's, through it's a day since time. noon in Geneva. Duh. I think it's actually in Switzerland. <laughs> um, Geneva's in Switzerland. Oh, you're right. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, this, this is me being knowing all about the beats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's... It's a day divided into a thousand sections mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to have. This is like universal internet time or something. Yeah, it's yes. uh, Swatch Internet time. Swatch internet it's time. branded. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Did you not get the invite to the uh, the Campo Santo asymmetric uh, GDC party, which listed its time in in beats? I did. Yeah. I didn't exactly understand that. And either. you didn't. You didn't care about it enough to even do a cursory Wikipedia search. <laughs> I, I had a lot going on. <laughs> There's a, there's, I have a lot to catch up on. I have yeah. like a whole folder uh, in emails of like things that I was like, I will have to look this up when I have 
regular <laughs> internet access again. So, um, unfortunately, I did not really get to play this game because the time that I earmarked for it, I was in a place where I didn't have a controller. And while you can play this game with the keyboard, it does not tell you what any of the key bindings are. And I got to a point in the tutorial where it was asking me to hit the right trigger, and none of the keys oh, that I hit were the right trigger. That's and so exactly I exactly what happened to me. Except I then wanted, went and watched a video, and I was like, "That's fine. I'll just." I see. Okay. Well, you can describe the video. Uh, better than I can describe my experience of feeling guilty about not playing it. And the assignment is the world. The next world door. next door. Yeah. This is a. Uh, it's basically a JRPG, but with a combat system that's kind of like same game, where you're trying to select like large regions of yeah. a mm. grid of colored stuff. With sure. the and tweak, you can, that you can swap. Yeah, you can move the blocks around to facilitate that. Right. And there are enemies chasing you while you're moving around. Yeah, so it's, yeah that's actually a big difference is yeah. that it's an action yeah. game while you're doing that. A very strange kind of a system, and I couldn't tell you if it's fun because I didn't actually play it. I liked <laughs> I I know that it's fun. I didn't play it this time, but I played it. I played just the combat when they were demoing the game a couple of years ago at, uh, at DreamHack, and it was great. I really liked it. The, cool. And I feel like... <sighs> That was what I expected the entire game to be. I didn't realize that there was this whole sort of like um, conversation and like narrative arc. Yeah, I think that part just didn't that. exist when they were. Yeah, yeah it's it got was... kind of like the the uh, um, the what you, the the ver- visual novel kind of thing where you know you can you can say hi to three of your four friends and then the one that you presumably that is points for those friendships that will affect story later on i guess yeah i, I really get, want to know uh, yeah how that actually works. how that works i didn't i didn't get far enough to to really see any results of that but it, it well i i played through the whole thing and it was not clear to me that my choices had a lot oh, of really? impact on how huh. the story progressed but i but maybe maybe it's just well well enough integrated that i that i wouldn't notice that i don't know mm, yeah. i kind of want to go back and play through it again to see what your other choices could be. And yeah, also I see, I, see I if it up one of the quests. See if it makes a difference if you're if you're a gloomy Gus all of the time instead yeah. of being chirpy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and whether you can like, because I sort of made everybody like each other, but I wonder if I could have sown strife or something. Yeah. Um, and one of the characters like got sort of ill, and I was wondering if if I hadn't. Like sort of brought with them with me into the shrines as much. Whether that would have happened, there's a bunch of stuff that I would. I kind of am curious, like how it works out systemically. Um, the gameplay. So there's the there's all the conversation stuff and like sort of the like you being a teen interacting with a bunch of other teens. Um, Except they have like dildos coming out of their heads. Sure, it's you know it's a different dimension. Um, right, the dildo head dimension. And then there's the there's the like other half, which is the like combat action half but then there's also with that same basic layout but without any enemies they also have like puzzles um which were pretty fun uh and i kind of wish there was there was more of that as well because i played the you know i played through the whole game and i unless i missed something there were only a handful of like there was one room per regular dungeon and then you could go back and do like a sort of revisit revisit the dungeons and get a couple more sort of puzzly things all of the character design reminded me of whatever that bullshit from MS Paint Adventures is that people always dress as at cons oh, that yeah, is apparently just what young yeah. people like now. Yeah. I can <laughs> I, see that. So it, it's kind of Star trek in that, in that all the characters are like a person Hominids. with something else, something extra added. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And I'm wondering, like, is anybody ever going to do the the alternate dimension where, like, it's humans except with a part removed? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, Leela from Futurama is that. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, good point. Um, well, there's actually a guy in this game that just doesn't have a face. Oh. He just has the skull. Sure. So I guess that's kind of like that, too. Yeah, I mean, I guess Ghost Rider is kind yeah. of like that. <laughs> um, this is a guy that traded his face for a motorcycle. For lighter fluid? Yeah, oh, and, some, okay. and some fire. Yeah. I feel like there's been a lot of horror movies where people just don't have mouths. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Sure. Um, it's a relatively short game, a couple hours, I think, to get through it. Mm. Um, unless there's Unless I ended it early somehow. Through my choices, I don't know. <laughs> For Christmas, Ghost Rider's girlfriend sold her hair to buy him a lipstick, but he <laughs> sold his face to buy himself a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what's our uh, what's our next assignment, fellers? Uh, so we're going to do a bird uh, week where... Uh, a bird trilogy? We're going to play Falcon Age, and we're going to play Feather, and we're going to try to play Fugal, and we'll see. Uh, maybe maybe two out of three of those is, is more likely. Um, I'm not. Uh, the reason we're not sure is that I, I, I'm not sure if Fugal is actually out. And playable. I, th- I think there might be some sort of early access like I can, situation. I played it at Amaze, so I could, I could talk about that experience. Yeah, and I played it at we, Fantastic Arcade. We've played a bunch of it at other... Events. So. It's got a rating on Steam. That's promising. Initial release date September of 2017. Oh wow! So, okay, uh, it's out as fuck, dude. Wow, shit. Yeah, so three bird games. They all start with F. One stone. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> Man, guys, I like doing this podcast with you. It's a good podcast. I I can in fact say without. Lying, or I mean, I'm not usually lying, but I'm at this point <laughs> sticking to form that I've had a fantastic time recording this episode of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and that I hope we do it again real soon. Next time, we're all four going to be yeah, in this fucking oh orange ass room, guys. Oh, wow, really weird. weird. There might be, be a another problem. Are you gonna... There might be another black hole or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that black hole was pretty orange. Wow. <laughs> Riff, are you going to do a kickflip in this orange room? <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, you, you'd fit in here easier if you were upside down. So if you could like be balanced on one hand with your skateboard yeah, up yeah. in the air on your feet. That's a good trick. Just do that forever. <laughs> For yeah. two hours. Yeah. Just record an entire podcast while doing a one-handed handstand. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Kakabubu Bulaya. Good night. Good night. Have a great week, everybody.